It's 11 minutes before the hour. You're listening to Raven Radio, KCAW Sitka. Today is Friday, October 6th. I'm Erin Fulton with Raven News. Alaska Seaplanes announced Wednesday that it will close its Petersburg and Wrangell locations. Alaska Seaplanes is the only commuter airline service in competition with Alaska Airlines in southeast Alaska. General Manager Carl Ramseth says the decision did not come lightly. The difficult decision that came, came after much deliberation, months and months of deliberation. We uh, think this is the probably the hardest decision I've been involved in personally in my 30-plus years of aviation in Southeast. It just was not our plan to leave. The closure will take effect for passengers on October 31st and for cargo on October 28th. There are currently twice-daily flights between Petersburg and Juneau, which allow residents to take day trips to the capital. Those will end, along with the triangular flights that connect Sitka, Wrangell, and Petersburg three times a week. Alaska Seaplanes began serving Petersburg in April of 2021 and Wrangell in May of 2022. Ramseth says that when Seaplanes starts serving a community, they have a three-year plan to allow time to build up a presence in the town. This is only the second time Seaplanes has pulled out of a community before that three-year period is up. With Wrangell and Petersburg, it's just bottom line, the traffic, the ridership, the just didn't grow as we had hoped. But low ridership isn't the only factor. Alaska seaplanes also rely on carrying cargo. That brings in more business in smaller communities like Teneke Springs and Klawak because they're not serviced by Alaska Airlines. Ramseth says that isn't true for Wrangell and Petersburg. One challenge that uh, Wrangell and Petersburg has compared to most of our other communities is we don't carry any mail or UPS and we don't have so much cargo into those communities, so um, that affects the bottom line, too. Seaplanes has two part-time employees in Wrangell. Petersburg has one full-time and two part-time workers. All were informed of the closure last week. Ramseth says that while there are jobs with the company for them in other communities, all employees want to stay where they are. The closure is indefinite, although Ramseth says he would love to be able to serve Wrangell and Petersburg again in the future if factors change. Alaska Seaplanes isn't the first commuter airline service to call it quits after a short stint in central southeast. Island Air ended its Petersburg to Juneau flights after just nine months in 2018. Scott Van Valen, the co-owner and director of operations, told KFSK at the time that there was not enough passenger demand on those flights. A man sustained serious head injuries after crashing his four-wheeler Wednesday evening. Sitka Police Department spokesperson Serena Wild said that at about 5.30 p.m. Wednesday, police received a report of an intoxicated man at a local restaurant. The man had left by the time the police arrived. About 30 minutes later, neighbors on Anna Drive reported that the same man, now home, had crashed his four-wheeler and needed medical attention. The man was transported to Mount Edgecombe Medical Center with head injuries. No one else was injured, and police suspect that alcohol was a factor in the accident. All-terrain vehicles were legalized for street use in Sitka in February of 2022. Street users are required to wear helmets and adhere to all traffic laws. The Alaska Marine Highway's route to Prince Rupert, British Columbia, has languished in recent years as pandemic restrictions, fleet issues, and low staffing have prevented the route between Southeast and Canada from running regularly. And as KSTK's Sage Smiley reports, false information circulated on social media the first weekend in October caused panic about the end of the route altogether. 
The Alaska Department of Transportation, which oversees the Alaska Marine Highway, says the state ferry route to Prince Rupert, British Columbia, isn't going anywhere. We haven't discontinued Prince Rupert on a permanent basis. Sam Dapsevich is a spokesperson for the Department of Transportation. We're not going there right now, primarily because uh, we don't have the crew resources to support sending the Kennecott there. But we do. We are committed to reopening that port in the future when we have resources available to do so. A Facebook post written as a news release by a user named Robbie Marianson on October 1st stated staff and management at the Prince Rupert Terminal were clearing out personal effects because the terminal was closing for good. It wasn't a real news release, and the post has since been deleted. The post caused an uproar on the social media site and prompted official responses from Southeast State Legislator Representative Dan Ortez and the Alaska Department of Transportation. In short, it's not true. The Prince Rupert Terminal is not closing for good, but it is unmanned right now. Dapsovich says in recent months, the terminal had been maintained by part-time contractors, but their contract expired. He says the Marine Highway System is working to sort out a new contract. The fake press release stated the terminal was being shuttered because the Alaska Marine Highway Management allowed critical international safety certifications to expire for the Kennecott. It's one of the largest ferries in the state's fleet and one of the two that's able to dock in Canada. The other is the Matanuska, which is in major overhaul. Without enough crew for the Kennecott, both ferries have stayed tied up in Ketchikan for months. Some Kennecott certificates, which are required for international travel, did expire in April. Those certificates, called SOLAS certificates, are overseen by the U.S. Coast Guard. But Dapsevich says that doesn't mean the Kennecott SOLAS certification itself is expiring. The ship was built to SOLAS standards, and, and we maintain it and keep that safety standard in place. So there's no license to expire or anything like that. It's, it, the ship has its its certification. Dapsevich says it's standard practice to wait to renew SOLAS and other sailing certificates until a ship is out of the yard and back in service, since many of the certificates only last 12 months. A Coast Guard spokesperson confirmed that it's common for ships to wait to request renewed certificates until out of the yard. All in all, the post from Robbie Marianson contained elements of truth. The Prince Rupert Terminal is unmanned because of an expired contract, but not because it's being abandoned, the state says. The Kennecott is in the shipyard and doesn't have updated certificates, but that's standard practice for ships that aren't in service. The weak service on the route has left people stranded in recent months, but the Alaska Department of Transportation continues to publicly state it intends to resume service to Prince Rupert in the future. The Marine Highways website states the Kennecott is expected to return to service in mid-November, although that doesn't necessarily include a Prince Rupert stop. It's unclear why the individual who created the Facebook post published it like a press release. Marianson, who owns the Facebook profile, did not respond to a request for comment. In Wrangell, I'm Sage Smiley. Researchers are working with Ununga knowledge holders to understand how bear bones ended up on two Aleutian islands where bears haven't been known to live before. KUCB's Sophia Stewart-Rossi reports. In the early 2000s, archaeologists found brown and polar bear bones at two dig sites on Unalaska and Amaknak Islands in the Aleutians. Since then, they've been puzzled as to how the bones got there. Since there are no bears on either island today, and no historical records of bears ever living there. Lily Parker and Kaylee Tatum are researchers from the University of Oklahoma. 
They spent two weeks in Unalaska this summer sharing their findings with the community and asking for any passed down information about bears on the islands. Tatum says that Unanga knowledge can fill in the gaps left by scientific data. Anything is helpful, whether Mm -hmm. it's, you know, a story that you heard around the campfire as a kid and you barely remember it. I still care. Like, I still want to hear that. The bare bones are thousands of years old, according to carbon dating. The polar bear bones go back about 5,500 years, and the brown bear bones are roughly 5,500 to 3,000 years old. Parker says they were found in two different midden sites, which are historical dump sites that were used by Unanga people thousands of years ago. They were just kind of in a jumble mm-hmm. and in a mix of other remains with around 23,000 animal right. bones found at the site. Parker and Tatum spoke with many elders about the mystery of the bare bones during their two-week stay in Unalaska. While the elders were largely unsure of how the bones got there, there was one story that may provide a potential answer. Parker says that the information passed down is that thousands of years ago, people may have transported bear meat by sea from the neighboring island of Unimac, which has a population of bears. They say locals may have eaten bear when other food was scarce, like during a particularly long and cold winter. Parker and Tatum plan to visit Unalaska again next summer to present follow-up scientific data. They'll look for genetic clues, including a link between the bear bones found on Unalaska and Amaknak Islands and the bears on Unimac. If they find a connection, it could solve the mystery of how the bear bones ended up on the islands where bears haven't been known to live before. In Unalaska, I'm Sophia Stewart-Rossi. Taking a look at the community calendar. In honor of Hispanic Heritage Month, Sitka Public Library invites youth to participate in a scavenger hunt where participants answer questions related to famous Hispanic icons whose images are hidden at the library and turn in their completed forms for a treat and entry into a raffle for a prize. The program runs until Sunday, October 15th. For more information, call 907-747-4020 or email maite.lorente at cityofsitka.org. The deadline to apply for the Sitka Utility Cost Subsidization Program is Tuesday, October 31st. The subsidization period is one year beginning January 2024. An appointment with the Finance Department may be required. Applications are at cityofsitka.com and the City Hall Utility Office. For more information, call 907-747-1859. Center for Community, Southeast Alaska Independent Living, and the Southeast Alaska Regional Health Consortium invite all senior citizens to free bingo size at 1 p.m. on Fridays at the Alaska Native Brotherhood Founders Hall. Sessions combine bingo with exercise and health education. Prizes are awarded. I'm Erin Fulton, and this has been Raven News. (music) 